That's what I'm saying about going back in time. And that's why I asked, when was everybody fucking? Welcome to The Second Best Show. My name is Ori Aviv, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sam Cohen. Hey, hey. And Bobby Downey. Yo. Today, we'll be discussing Second Best Time Travel Movie. Get ready to flux your capacitors. It's the second best show. I'm going to throw this fucking thing. The buttons don't do anything. Need to feed. Tamagotchi. If I throw it too far, I won't be able to get to it. And then it's really going to piss me off. And I need the tiniest (laughs) screwdriver to get the battery out. (laughs) I love you, Papa. Papa, why? Can I get it to kill itself? So, guys, we're here once again. How how was your week, guys? Um, my my week was uh interesting. Went out to dinner with some friends the other night, and um, nice fancy place. And then you know maybe have people over for dr- fucking <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta murder it. I <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I gotta kill this tamagotchi. Because I wanted to play with it. <laughs> yeah, and now it keeps going off, and we're trying to do the thing, and now uh, we're trying to, you know, to be podcast man, and then now the fucking thing is going to go beep, beep, beep. No, because it'll just keep beeping. It hungers! <laughs> it needs to eat. Hold on, I have fucking, fucking microsurgery to... I don't think I have the right fucking Torx fucking ah you fucker. Why did th- <sighs> Hey He's dead. Ah Rest oh. in peace, Tamagotchi. Yeah, he lived for uh I think two hours. Bobby, I would like to know if you have gone anywhere on the internet recently. Yes, I would like to tell you about it in a new segment I'm calling how did you waste your time on the internet? Yeah, so I fell down uh, an internet rabbit hole that I keep going back to. Are you okay? I hurt my ankle, but I'm fine. Um, you can check this out. It's a YouTube channel. Uh, N-A-S-S. I don't know if, if this is an acronym for something or if it's just called NAS. <laughs> it is basically... Folks, you go back and find discarded film reels and then remaster them with at like modern resolutions and frame rates and then do uh, color restoration. And huh. sometimes the colors are, well, most of the coloring is artificial. So they try to like get as close as possible. Uh, so, yeah, this is California in the 1940s. Uh, flying over Hollywood in 60 FPS, completely remastered. Um, there was no sound originally, um, so sometimes they'll go in and yeah, add color and sound. And some of the stuff is really fascinating to see. That sounds really cool, uh, especially growing up in LA and Hollywood. A lot of these like landmarks and in old places. Um, um, yeah. So, but this stuff's pretty fascinating to watch. Uh, so I recommend you fall down this rabbit hole with me. That sounds really cool. And we will put a link in the show notes. Awesome. 
Uh, how do you guys? How did you guys waste your time on the internet this week? Um, I spent some time reading uh, Harry Potter fanfic on Ao3. Um, yeah. uh, just kind of like browsing the. Um, I'm a terrible reader. I've never I've never read the books. Um, but it's just part of like our collective consciousness. Um, I am a fan of fan fiction. <laughs> um, Question. Yeah. How do you read fan fiction? Before you read the original fiction in which the fan fiction is based off of. Okay. Or you're, you're talking, all right. You're talking to the guy who'll just watch an episode of a television show. That's true. Like really out of character. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, who are all these people? Um, so, okay. I would agree with you. I understand where you're coming from. However, Harry Potter is something that is so, especially for millennials is just like, in the goddamn ether like it's in the air um and i've had this conversation with multiple people i feel like i could tell you anything like uh quiz me on anything in the harry potter books and i feel like i could get a i could get at least a b minus what was his dad's name james james and lily uh where did he get the marauders map from the two older brothers uh, from Ron's two other brother, uh, two older brothers who found it when it, it actually originally came from the original Marauders, which was James Remus uh, and two other people. Do they, do you know what they have to say to activate it? Uh, I solemnly swear I am up to no good. I could do this all day, guys. What the fuck is wrong with you? Never read a goddamn page. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Ask ask me a question about about Harry Potter. Quick, quick. Ask me a question. Any anything. Um, what's the name of the house slave that gets free? I don't know. <laughs> Second best time travel movie. And my question to you, gentlemen, is: Would you time travel? Ooh. Given the opportunity. In order to answer that question, we have to answer. Oh, geez, we're already off to this. I know. Well, okay. See, it's that's part the of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. Everybody just smoke a joint and just join in. Um, just, because- hit, just hit fast forward and just like stop whenever. <laughs> and then we'll just still be talking about it and just hit fast forward again. And then we'll, yep. We have to talk about the different types of time travel in movies, which one is more, you know, what's more, what's more believable and what's more entertaining. So I'm going to answer your question, Bobby. <laughs> okay. Are we traveling in the, is it, is it, uh, I would travel to the future. I don't know if I travel to the past. Any time in history in which I would travel to would probably be bad mm. because history is full of bad times, mostly. And you think the future is any better? Uh, no, but I can't know about the future. I can know about what happened in the past. I can't mm-hmm. know about what happened in the future. Yeah, yeah, I think I would travel to the future. and um, Okay. As long as I could travel back. And plus, I don't want to risk ruining something, you know, yeah. stepping on the whole butterfly effect thing. It's just too much stress. It's too much stress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting stressed over here. I'm schwitzing. That's the oh, that's the thing. There's so many questions. Is that is it is the future changeable? Um, is the past changeable? Is everything immutable? Can you travel back if you travel in time? Can you travel back if you travel to the future? Can you travel back? Or is it just like one linear timeline and you were supposed to go back, so you have already gone back in the past? Or is it multiple timelines? You guys, you guys, the answer to all these questions is yes, wait, and no. (gasps) Mm. 
But you would go. So if I roll up on your driveway uh, in Marty, yeah, like a VW bus or something, <laughs> it's converted, and I'm like, Ori, Sam, <laughs> you kids, <laughs> um, <laughs> you kids are complete shitbags. We're gonna change it for some reason because this is ethical, I think. Uh, so you'd go. Yeah, I'd go to the future and fuck around in the future a little bit. First round. Round one. Theme is best use of time travel. Is time travel used to an interesting effect? It, does it help push the story along? Is it consequential? Is it inconsequential? Movies can use time travel to just kind of explain away plot holes sometimes. Um, and that I feel like is a bad use of time travel. Um, but bringing up paradoxes or conundrums or like uh, moral or ethical questions, um, those are, I feel like, good uses of time travel in a movie. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like if if the time travel in the movie is wasted, then it's not second best. Mm-hmm. Well, our first matchup, best use of time travel, it is Looper versus one of my personal favorites, Army of Darkness. Ori, tell me something about, uh, tell me about Looper. Tell us when Joseph Gordon-Levitt ruled the Earth. Okay, uh, Looper is an action-adventure movie. It was released in 2012. Uh, it was written and directed by Ryan Johnson, so the guy that did uh, uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Oh, Knives Out, so good. He also did a, his first movie, Brick, was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You should all go and check that out. Also with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's right. It stars Bruce Willis, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Emily Blunt, and the tagline is, Hunted by your future, haunted by your past. Chills, Ori. Chills. Chills. So I'm going to give you guys the, a, a quick uh, like um, synopsis. It's like two sentences. All right, here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to put on my best, uh, my best movie voice. Traveling through time by a criminal syndicate, a looper named Joe is confronted with his future self after he appears looking to carry out a personal mission. These looper guys, they basically are assassins. The uh, 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 the criminal underworld, what it does when it wants to get rid of people, uh, it uh, basically sends them back in time uh, to these uh, assassins who uh, kill them and uh, kill these people, dispose of their bodies so no one can find them. Um, they know what they're doing. And in order to close this loop, uh, they eventually will send the assassins themselves as they get older back in time uh to uh, to kill themselves and by doing so they get uh, a ton of money and to live an amazing life until that point in their life in this movie joe who is played by uh, old joe who's played by bruce willis versus young joe which is played by joseph gordon levitt of course very similar um, they look nothing uh, alike they Absolutely. look exactly they, alike they talk nothing they, there's nothing alike about them mm-hmm. yeah nothing um so i gave this movie three out of five time machines i think it was okay the mechanisms of of time travel made sense to me and and like i was able to follow the whole like i didn't lose track i didn't like lose the plot at all it was it was just all right yeah and that i remember the the sort of like rules of the time travel were a little fuzzy and it seemed like it was just happening like left, right and everywhere. Mm. Uh, like criminals and stuff like using time travel in like really interesting ways. So like it was neat. <laughs> it was a good idea. It just like the execution of it was not that interesting. 
And I think that like the like action, the set pieces in the world that they constructed around it was like more fascinating than like the people in it or what was happening. Mm-hmm. I think there's a better story to be told there in that universe. Um, and I think also too, I think this this movie particularly falls into uh, the sort of issue with time travel based media is there's always a better path than the one that you're like on. And if you're sitting there as an audience member going, you're just making this harder for yourself. Uh, Bruce Willis, old Bruce Willis, like Mm -hmm. instead of going back and murdering children, why don't you just go back in time and stop the men from killing your wife? Because of anger, because you know, when and where it happened. Vengeance. He wants (laughs) vengeance. Oh, no, but you're right, Bobby. Like, this is the problem with time travel movies is like, Primera said, um, it's impossible to, like, get all of those edge cases and, like, get the, all of those, like, plot holes and, and wrap them up nicely in a bow. There, there's just, like you said, like, there's just always going to be, like, a better way to do it in a way that, like, yeah, maybe that character doesn't do that, but, like, it's always just going to be gnawing at the audience. Well, that's not fair. Uh, there is no right answer, so it's it's all being made up the whole time. Look, there are holes. Like, once you've established rules and then you mm-hmm. poke holes in your own rules, then that's egg on your face, and I'm going to call you out on that. But um, if you didn't do that, and you as the audience is saying, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? That is, you have to kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit and just go on the like, quote, you know, proverbial ride or let the story, air quotes, be told because that's the, that's the story that was written to be shared with you. Do you guys think that the time travel was kind of baked into the story or, or was it just a device to tell like an action movie that was like clever? I think it was unnecessarily complicated for the story they were telling, which was a very basic story. Yeah. It literally, the only time travel detail you could have had is it exists. This person used it. Let's go. Here's this action movie about your younger self versus your older self. Yes. I don't think it needs to do. It wanted to be a, it, it didn't do a good job of writing a fine line of it wanted to be a thinking person's action adventure or just kind of a dumb action movie. And I think it leaned a little more towards just like an action movie. Yeah. And like the ballad of the Hitman has always been like, that's kind of like a trope in movies at this point. Uh, who do we have to kill? And like, Oh, now this time I have to kill somebody that I don't want to. And like, or myself or, you know, whatever, like that, like the plight of the organized crime, like the mob boss. Right. Um, I, I want out of this game. Like that's, that's a trope, right? Yeah. One final hit. This one used time travel and did it do it well? Uh, Or Army of Darkness, on the other hand. Mm. Tell me about Army of Darkness. Oh, And tell me about how great Bruce Campbell is. Oh my god, can this be the Bruce Campbell show? Yeah. Can we talk about the adventures of Briscoe County Jr.? (laughs) Bubba Hotep. I could just go on and on about this man. This man who's a national treasure. Um, so Army of Darkness was a uh, the third movie in the Evil Dead franchise. Go watch them. Uh, it was released in 1992. It was written uh, by Sam and Ivan Raimi, directed by Sam Raimi, who, gosh, who did Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Evil, the, uh, Evil Dead, Drag Me to Hell. As we mentioned, it's with the great Bruce Campbell. And the tagline, eh, um, wasn't my favorite tagline of all these, but here it goes. 
He's a 20th century guy stuck in the Middle Ages. It's very, it's very matter of fact. Uh, so at the end of Evil Dead, this guy, this Ash Williams guy, uh, played by Bruce Campbell, has uh, all of his friends died um, or were killed um, by the Deadites who were um, summoned uh, via the uh, Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon. Um, and uh, he kills everybody, all the all the evil creatures, and basically gets uh, sucked into a time warp um, or time hole. Uh? Bobby, huh? uh? Uh, gets into sucked into a time warp and um, into the uh, Middle Ages, and it play it's played for laughs, and the whole movie is basically just trying to get back to his time. And they send him on a mission to go find the Necronomicon and they can then send it back. But instead he fucks it, it up. He fucks it up <laughs> and um, he uh, he uh, um, conjures the army of the dead oops. and oops. And uh, basically they have to uh, fight off the army of the dead before he uh, can go back home. What I love about this movie is that it was such a weird hard swerve from two pretty good and interesting but run of not run of the mill but kind of run of the mill horror movies i mean i wouldn't even say run of the mill is is it yeah yeah a, a genre movie and then to this where basically he has very few lines in the first two movies other than screaming and reacting <laughs> which he's great at to being this like swaggering dipshit blowhard um whose only function he's only functional in this world because he is in the future and has some like community college books in the trunk of his car like that's what like like i just i love it it's so good it's so batshit crazy it's almost like idiocracy in reverse <laughs> yes <laughs> or <Where> community <laughs> college dipshit goes back in time and is the most yeah, it is. It is so good, and it's played for laughs. It's got some some pretty cool action set pieces mm -hmm. in it. Um, you know, comes to mind where he's down in the in the well or down in the hole, and he's he's fighting one of those things. Um, some iconic lines uh, in this movie. The dumbest quips <laughs> and one liners, um, but just delivered just impeccably. Mm -hmm. um, so good. And the animation is pretty cool too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's it spawned a lot afterwards. I mean, there is um, a television show that just got a bunch of seasons. Um, I think it wrapped pretty recently. I think they did like five or six seasons of Evil Dead, and then a bunch of video games, bunch of comic books. I think it just yeah, it like hit this like crazy cult status, and then how would you describe like Sam Raimi? I don't know. There's like a um, a weird um, Sam Raimi makes movies that are like just awkward but funny but like it requires a level of like acrobatics and execution that um not many people could do i think it, i think it comes from like starting as like an avant-garde like filmmaker mm -hmm. and being very resourceful because i even thinking back to like army of darkness there's a lot of like mounted camera like pov shots and like action shots that were like not really like used at the time he just seemed like ahead of the curve and i think that just comes from i don't know maybe being like resourceful 
um, and doing a lot with a little because then he goes on to like make blockbusters that still have that like avant-garde like edge or that like lo-fi. It's like mm-hmm. a lo-fi blockbuster. It's it's like it seems like the opposite of like a Michael Bay. Uh, what was the mechanism for time travel in that movie? Remind me. Yeah, so it was it was it was the time portal thing that gets opened up like just yes. just randomly right. at the end, mm-hmm. and and then to, for him to go back, it was a the Necronomicon reciting of a passage from the, and they actually never show it. They just like, mm-hmm. oh, we won, and the next scene. He's he's in the future again. It was like they had a court wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. A, <laughs> the, the Merlin. It, it, also, like not only yeah, not only does he like go back to go back in time, and it, it, it then becomes like a D and D campaign. Like, it, like it literally is like a uh, like there's wizards and magic and supernatural stuff and, and demons and deadites. Like, uh, they, so magic. Magic is a time travel or magic it was a curse? Okay. Magic. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So the time travel in Looper and the time travel in Army of Darkness. What do we think? As much as I love Army of Darkness and I wanted to just win a lot of things all the time, mm-hmm. I think in this case, Looper actually uses time travel and talks about time travel and has some tri- time travel components to it instead of just bookend with time travel. Yeah. Um, there's something cool about Looper and time travel existing and it's, it, it's like so accessible that there's a black market, like crime around it. And, and it's mm-hmm. just so pervasive in this world. I, I think the promise of that is better than how it was executed. But I think for me, it's Looper. Looper. Yep. Looper. Looper goes back in time and takes it. Second matchup. Predestination versus X Men: Days of Future Past, which I don't know how it got on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Best use of time travel. Here we go. Ori's flick facts. I'm gonna give you guys. I'm gonna load you guys up with some factoids about Predestination, one of my favorite time travel movies. So flick facts. Okay, it is a drama suspense movie. It was released in 2014, directed and written by the Sp- Spierig brothers uh who recently did uh jigsaw uh did another movie called daybreakers which is a really cool vampire movie uh it does have ethan hawk in it and sarah snook so okay here we go for his final assignment a top temporal agent must pursue the one criminal that has eluded him throughout time the chase turns into a unique surprising and mind-bending exploration of love fate identity and time travel taboos. <laughs> time travel taboos. That old trope. <laughs> so it's a it's a time cop situation. <laughs> um, I remember this movie being very suspenseful. You don't say. <laughs> Was it also? Do you also remember it being very dramatic? And do you also dramatic. remember watching it around the 2014 time frame? This movie, it is a time cop situation. It's about a time-traveling cop, basically. He's attempting to stop the elusive fizzle bomber from detonating a bomb in the year 1975. So throughout this movie, this person travels throughout the following timelines. They go from 1945 to 1963 to 1985 to 1975 to 1992. 
A lot goes on in this movie. It starts with the agent. Okay, follow me on this, okay? It starts with okay. the agent, which is Ethan Hawke. He's being he's 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 attempting to stop this bomber. Um and and he fails, he gets hurt, he has to get his face reconstructed. Okay? So he's then afterwards he's sent earlier to 1975 to try to find the bomber. And he works as an undercover bartender where he meets a man named John. You still with me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. John tells Ethan Hawke. He tells him a story how he was born with both male and female organs or genitalia. But he never knew it until later in life, so he lived as a woman. He never knew his parents, and he was abandoned in an orphanage. All right. Now we've got another character, Jane. Jane met and fell in love with the man. He tells of the story of Jane who met and fell in love with a man who impregnated her and disappeared shortly after leaving her pregnant. Still with me? Good. She carries the baby and has complications at birth. The baby lives, but the doctors need to remove and and reconstruct her genitals to preserve her life or her organs to preserve her life. They reconstruct her to only have her male genitals intact. Get to the time travel. Get to the time travel. Oh, it's all in there, baby. She slowly puts her life back together, but adopts male man. So she basically identifies as a man. Her baby's kidnapped from the hospital by a mysterious man. I'm telling you, this this is insane. Ethan Hawke tells John that he knows who he is, wants to recruit him to be a time cop. He needs him, and the man promises to join Ethan Hawke, takes him back in time to kill the man that ruined his life. This man, so together they travel to 1963, where John meets Jane. He's the man who gets her pregnant. Okay. That's a Terminator situation. Still with me? All right. (laughs) Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke then travels back in time to find the baby that Jane gave birth to. And he takes the baby back to 1945 to the orphanage. Jane and John and the baby are the same person. All right. Then Ethan Hawke takes John in 1985 to be recruited like he promised and explains to him that twist. He is also John. From the future. Do you see what's going on here? All four characters are the same person. Mm. Then they catch up to the Fizzle Bomber, who, guess what? Is also John? Is also John. But How many Johns are there? The future future. How many Johns are? Oh, this, there's too many, this is too many Johns. In summary, this movie is about four people who all turn out to be the same person. And we've ruined it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, they tr- there's a lot of time travel. This movie, b- time travel is baked into this movie. It was, it's, in the, it's in the ingredients. It is the whole movie. Without it- It is essential. Yes. It's essential to the movie. Yep. Um, is this a uh, prequel to Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yes. What twist? It's a prequel and a sequel. <laughs> They're all Jean-Claude Van Damme. They're all Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Who's actually Ethan Hawke? <laughs> what is the mechanism of time travel? Is it, is it a machine? Is it a pill? Is it a, a rocket that shoots you through some like temporal time displacement portal? It's a machine. It's in like a. It's in. Uh, it's a machine that's small. It feels like it's almost like in like a gu- guitar case. Like um. Oh, it's in the violin case. Yeah, it's, it's in, in a. Vi- he yes, brings it. Yeah, yes. he hides it in a violin case. That's right. So it's mm. yeah. So what do you what do you love so much about this movie? Um, I love okay a couple things. I love the fact that they play with uh, like gender identification in like a way that is like 
not uh, pandering, uh, where like it kind of also plays with the audience and the audience's expectations about gender too, um, and and sex. It's just the the atmosphere great, the script is good, the drama is good. It's very good. Uh, Days of Future Past, though. X Men. It's an X Men movie. It's an X Men movie. Um, it's got everyone in Hollywood in it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not even gonna just name someone and they're in it, right? Um, here's the tagline: His past, our future. I can't. Who's past? Ooh. Hmm. Or you stand aside for a moment. I'll do the summarization here. Um, so this is based off of the comic run uh, from I think the uh, I'm going to say the 70s or the 80s. Uh, yeah, it was the 80s. Um, it was a big comic event. These things happen in the comics. They have these big events and crossovers, and um, they're usually like big summer, you know, big summer things um, that span multiple multiple comics. Anyways, Days of Future Past is a major uh, X Men event that everybody. Like it's still referenced to this day. Like it's one of like the tentpole uh, comic events. The movie is based off of that comic event. It's a future, and there's a bunch of robots called Sentinels, which are bomb, um, and they are um, chasing after every mutant, trying to kill every mutant. But twist, they're actually going after humans as well because, um, well, because <laughs> because MacGuffin. <laughs> so in order to save humanity and to save uh, mutants. Uh, Professor X of the future, who has teamed up with Magneto and every other mutant that exists, um, sends uh, Wolverine, Logan, back in time. Kitty Pride sends Logan's consciousness back in time. Wait, sends his consciousness back in time? Yes. That's right. Not his body. Um, so he goes back in time to the 70s, uh, finds Professor X and Beast, and uh, convinces them to stop, basically to stop the the to stop these Sentinels from being created in the first place. Big action movie. One of the best jailbreak scenes um, that I think that I've ever seen. And we will put a link in the show notes because it's got a great use of music. Yeah, and then basically everything works out. Everything works out, as it always does. I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I I uh, think that the time travel element is, ba- is again, it's in the story. It's, mm-hmm. it's part of it. Um, People move through time to fix the future. That's the whole point of the movie. Great movie. Basically magic as a time travel mechanism. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like predestination. It sounds like a better, more interesting, more novel use of time travel. I want to totally agree with that. And I will. Yes, I'm going to go with Predestination. Also, Days of Future Past, uh, one of my biggest complaints with it. Like we were saying, uh, the the time travel mechanism is essentially magic. It's mutant powers. And they set up these arbitrary rules for time travel because you have to, but they bend those rules. They don't adhere to it. And like, that's the whole thing about like fantasy movies is like you build up a world and then you build up like you create these rules in the in the world and then you have to adhere to them. And if we if you don't then the audience just loses all interest in it. And that was one of the problems with Days of Future Past. It didn't adhere to its own rules. Predestination. Takes it. It takes itself. Itself. <laughs> itself. It's itself. Next up. Pleasantville versus 12 Monkeys. Oof. Okay. Uh, Pleasantville is a drama comedy in 1998 is when it was released. 
Um, it has Toby, uh, Tobias Maguire in it. <laughs> Tobias Maguire. Reese with a spoon, Jeff Daniels. Um, and the tagline is nothing is as simple as black and white. So far. That's the best tagline that you've said. That's so far. Yep. Uh, what is it guys? We've all seen this movie, right? It's the 1990s teenage mm-hmm. brother, sister. Uh, they teleport into a 1950s sitcom and then their influence on that world. It begins to profoundly change that, uh, the, the world that, that uh, those characters inhabit and kind of, uh, uh, applied the nineties, um, more, um, progressive thought process and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hey to man, the, it's the nineties. Yeah, exactly. To the 1950s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the time travel device is literally a device. It's a, uh, the it's, clicker. A, it's a clicker. <laughs> it's a remote. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. I don't have an umbrage card here, but I have mm-hmm. like a, um, card. Um, I think I'm with you. Go ahead. Is it time travel or is it like, alternate universe um are they going into the tv are they actually traveling back in time so i'm with you on this and i know that i threw this one in here but neither of you guys kicked it back out and by the time i realized what had happened it was uh i was like fuck it i'm i don't this isn't a teleportation movie here's what happened so again at the end spoiler alert uh david who uh uh, tobias mcguire is uh, (laughs) you're just saying the end to all of these movies. Yes. Yeah. So far, all of these movies you're just saying the end to. Okay. All right. Okay. This movie came out in 19 and I'm done. <laughs> this movie came out before everyone had email. Okay. So, um, Oh, anyways, so um, he he goes back, even though he was the one that was the fan of this show, and she stays, even though she's the whole time she's the one that wants to go. I have mm-hmm. questions here. I have lots and lots and lots of questions about this. Um, is she on TV after that? Yes, is she on TV? Do her do, do is she a lot? Is she lost? Like, is her is her face up on uh, on the side of a milk carton? Like, are her parents worried? Yeah. Does he tell his parents where his like he does he die knowing where his sister went, but like not being able to tell people because if he did, does he end up in a in an insane asylum because they all think he's crazy? Like, what is the what are the implications? Does she watch him on TV now? And what and what happens to her delicate brain when the cider house rules comes on? <laughs> Do you guys exist because you're just on this little box? I have no idea. We're all tom- we're all Tamagotchis. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me. No, it's a it's a great movie, and it um it was executed very well. The the whole um the conceit of like it's a black and white world, and as soon as they start to uh, uh, experience happiness, color starts to seep in, and like it's a really good um uh, uh like storytelling device in order to like kind of show like character growth and everything. Um, and I liked that. So that's Pleasantville. Um, what is the 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 so again magic remote? Mm-hmm. I don't think that the time travel piece of it was really that important. Uh, and that goes up against Twelve Monkeys, another Bruce Willis joint. Another Bruce Willis joint. People just keep giving that guy work. <laughs> Enemy of the show, Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Enemy of the show. Yeah, Bruce Willis joins uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg and Ben Affleck as enemies of the show. At what point did Bruce Willis just become a walking piece of balsa wood? <laughs> I I remember him emoting in the sixth sense. 
Um, so uh, 12 Monkeys, uh, directed by Terry Gilliam. Mon- Monty Python, Time Bandits, another time travel movie. Fear Loathing in Las Vegas, etc. has Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt. Um, and the tagline is, the future is history. Okay, all right, all right. That one's pretty good. That one's pretty good. That's pretty good. That one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd like for one of you guys, I'm going to put you guys on the spot, to take this one, this uh, two-sentence, uh, I got uh, your best movie voice. All right. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to send it over to you guys. So you guys can take a, take a, you can tell us it. who was second best. <laughs> oh, oh, ooh, ooh. We could, ooh okay. 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 Mini game. Mini game. Okay, fuck with this. Okay. Okay. All right, Bobby, I'll go first and then you go. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. In a future world devastated by disease, a convict is sent back in time to gather information about the man-made virus that wiped out most of the human population on the planet. I blacked out. How did it sound? Nice. Was that, that good? was very was that nice. Good? That was good. That was good. Pretty good. Bobby, beat that. I would, I would watch it. <laughs> all right. We're all just doing that one guy. You could do yeah. No, you could yeah. do your own version. I didn't say you can do the, you have to do the one guy. See, they don't do this anymore. That's I know. <clears throat> my approach might be deeper and gravelier see i like it in a future world devastated by disease a convict is sent back in time to gather information about the man-made virus that wiped out most of the human population on the planet Nice. Ooh, that, that was, was very good. strong. That was good. No, no, because like mine was like Michael Keaton Batman, and yours was like Robert Pattinson Batman, mm. like kind of like darker, grittier. Yeah, he's you're in a future world. In a future world. <laughs> in a future world. <laughs> was, was that Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Devastated by disease. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try Bernie. Ready? Oh, okay. Yeah. In a future world devastated by disease. Now that now, see, it gets. No, you go. You go. The longer you went, it was in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you slid into it. Bruce Willis in yet another time travel movie. Young Brad Pitt. What do we got here? Old Bruce Willis <laughs> again. Bruce Willis not emoting. Uh, young Brad Pitt. Excellent Brad Pitt performance. Grimy uh, future. The art design was pretty cool. Um, I like the twist of it. Anyways, I don't know what the time travel mechanism is. It's a it's a Terminator type thing where like he's sent back in time by like scientists of the future. But is it like a machine thing? The future being 1995. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool movie. Yeah, I thought it was like as a as a movie, I thought it was great. I'm sure, it hits a little different these days. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. yeah, yeah. It's about a virus that wiped out civilization, and they're trying to figure out what the virus was and there's 12 monkeys written everywhere and everyone assumes it was 12 in a wet market. Mm. Yeah. Um, no. So I, I thought this movie was great. My problem with, um, Brad Pitt's performance was that he was doing something that we see all the time, which is like generic crazy dude. Um, and like, what's his, what's his, what's his deal? He's quote crazy, crazy. I got you. You're right. You're right. Um, And I'm not saying every, every, like, every portrayal of, of 
instability or whatever has to have like a, a label and be completely accurate and stuff. But I don't know. It just felt like a very like uh, cartoonish broad, uh, broad stroke, like uh very broad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. You know what? Uh, I'm on board with that. You sold me. Okay. Fuck Brad All right. Pitt. All right. <laughs> I like Brad Pitt. Um, but uh, no, so I, I thought this movie was, was great. Um, the time travel. Yeah. They go back and forth. Um, he goes back and forth a couple of times. Right. And like, he goes like back, uh, like too far back. And that's one of the okay. things they keep on fucking up. They keep on set. Like they keep on like fucking up and sending him to like, they send him to, uh, to this timeline and then they're like, oops. And then they pull him out of it. And then they're like, sorry, we fucked up. And then they send him again. And then he's sending to like world war two. And then they're like, yeah, oops, yeah. sorry. And then they pull him back and they send him again. Which I guess yes. could, and that's the whole thing that the doctor's like, "Why do you have a World War One bullet in your leg?" And um, right, it's all very Terry Gilliam. It's yeah. it's all very like nuts. Uh, that's probably closer to like what actual time travel would be like. Like, oh shit, sorry, we didn't mean to send you back to nineteen forty four. Fuck. <laughs> Please accept this voucher as an apology and a coupon for one future time travel on us. All right, so uh, I, I'm personally I'm giving it to Twelve Monkeys. 12 monkeys. Better use of time travel. Um, 12 monkeys takes it. Next matchup. It's time travel comedy versus time travel comedy. Mm. It is hot tub time machine versus Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Mm. More of a bogus journey kind of guy. Me too, by the way. Or you tell me about hot tub time machine. Okay, I will. It was directed by Steve Pink, who also directed Wait For It. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. It's got Rob Corddry in it, Craig Robinson, Clark Duke, and John Cusack. Uh, Crispin Glover. Phil, who plays Phil, the one-armed bellman. And, and, That's right. And Chevy Chase. Uh, the tagline is, drumroll, kick some past. Uh, all right. Doesn't apply to this movie anyways. Wasn't this before High Fidelity? No, no, no. This is after. This is way after. This is like the second coming or the third coming oh, of John okay. Cusack. Or John Cusack needs money tour. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's just a bunch of bums. It's this type of movie where it's just a bunch of losers. And they go and travel back in time because they... Why did they travel back in time? They get drunk. They party in a hot tub. And then they spill a drink called Chernobyl. Um, in the mechanism of the hot tub and then magic and then they're back in time and they're like, okay, let's not touch anything. Butterfly effect, right? Let's not, you know, let's just relive this night the same way we did. But then like five minutes later, they're like, wait, let's not. And then hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time travel mechanism was ridiculous and the movie owned it and I liked it. Um, yeah, I was fine with that. I appreciated that. that. Yep. Versus. Versus Bill and Ted's Excellent adventure. The, directed by Stephen Herrick, who also did Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Great movie. Mighty Ducks. The Three Musketeers. <laughs> um, it stars Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, George Carlin. And the tagline is, history is about to be rewritten by two guys who can't spell. All right. That's up there. That's a good one. It's, it's a lot of words. Mm-hmm. A lot of A lot of syllables. Failed history, travel through time. <laughs> yeah, this liter- this movie is literally about two dudes uh, who are failing history class and a guy who comes from the future and says, you can't fail your history class because if you fail your history class, one of you is going to be taken to Alaska to live out 
there with your family and be and if that happens you can't form the wild stallions rock band uh mm-hmm. and uh and uh who write the song that basically brings upon world peace and uh, uh so we need to fix all this so go back in time and pick up all these people so you could pass your history exam <laughs> a very convoluted like we got to get Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters yeah. in the in a time machine. This movie yeah. <laughs> is is the weirdest combination of like small small scope, big scope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who does he pick up? He picks up Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I've right? got the list: Napoleon, Napoleon, Billy the Kid, yeah. Socrates, Billy the kid. Freud, yep. Freud, Beethoven, Genghis Khan, Joan of Arc, Abraham Lincoln. You guys, we've got another um, bracket here. I'm just saying. You fit them all in the phone booth. The phone booth, which has got to be a, it's an homage to Doctor Who. Feels like it. I think it's a pretty good use of time travel, too, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Good use of George Carlin as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I read, I read uh, in the course of researching this movie for this episode, I read a quote, I think, from the director or the writer who said that the most, like, the the biggest, the most common comments he gets about this the movie are that um history teachers loved him for like making i guess kids interested in history and english teachers hated him because it made the kids talk like stupid people oh uh, yeah i guess this was the kind of like the mainstreamification of the uh dude bro bro dude yep dude bro oh, oh. yeah i'm ted of san dimas putting san dimas on the map <laughs> With the 10, the 210, and the 57 meat. <laughs> uh, maybe Raging Waters, but San Dimas on the map. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, my apologies to San Dimas. Um, all right. Best use of time travel, I think, is Bill and Ted because they travel a lot. This movie is all about time traveling. It's all about time travel. Without yeah. time travel, there is no this movie. Mm-hmm. Cool time machine. Um, the rules are it's not like convoluted or over the top. Um, so it's kind of like low stakes time travel, which is, keeps it like fun and light and breezy. Um, no one's worried about like stepping on something and causing a plague in the future. Um, it's also just kind of like fun and wholesome. And and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's it's a really good movie. No, totally. It's a fun, wholesome movie. And for the like, as far as the time travel is concerned, I like that they didn't try and over explain it or make too many rules about it. Mm-hmm. They're just like, Preach. you know, it was the perfect amount of Preach. like, we're going to, we're going to go back in time and try and save the future. And like, that's about it. There's, there's no paradoxes in, in this, in this story. Yeah. So guys, uh, be- between hot tub time machine and Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, which one is uses the, is, has the best use of time travel. I think it's Bill and Ted. I agree. Yep. I totally agree. Excellent adventure. Excellent time travel. Suck it, hot tub time machine. Get fucked. <laughs> Bill and Ted. Dang it. Well, that's the first round. First round's in the bag. All right. Before we move on to the second round, uh, we've got some uh, we've got some corrections and uh, we've got some shout outs for some friends of the show. It's corrections and shout outs. Yay. All right, guys, I've got a correction for you, and I'm not going to lie. This one's going to hurt. Ooh, is it going to burn deep? Is it going to burn deep? I don't, am I, am I, you know me, am I capable of dealing with what's about to come or am I? 
I just want to make sure that you're in a you're in a place, an emotional place to be able to hear this. Fuck. All right, here we go. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we, we did our group dance, uh, episode, uh, which was a lot of fun. We got a lot of good feedback on it. Um, however, out of curiosity, I just double checked. And when we were talking about the Macarena, we were talking about Los Del Rio and we were kind of making in front of the fact that they were like, uh, you know, in their seventies and they were these old dudes that were, uh, dancing and everything. Well, when they made that song, they were 45. Those guys, I'm sorry, but those guys, I'm sorry, but those guys did not look 45. I don't care what no, you say. They live They seem like they live pretty rough. That was a it was a it was a rough 45. Yes, I will agree with you for sure. This has been second best corrections. Now that we've covered all of the corrections, uh big shout out to friend of the show and Twitch streamer Amy Sumisu. Um uh, gave us a nice review and promoted us on their Twitch channel. Uh, so you should definitely go check out if you are into uh, watching um, folks stream on Twitch, watching video games. Um, Amy seems to um, uh, really focus on a lot of like Nintendo properties, a lot of Zelda, Metroid, Mario. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I saw she's playing a little Mario Galaxy. That's today. right. That's cool. Yeah, so she does a great stream, real nice quality. Give us a real nice shout out. We appreciate it. So go to twitch.tv forward slash Amy Sumisu. We'll have a link in the show notes uh, to check out her stream. So please like, follow, and subscribe to Amy. And then an additional shout out uh, to Stephanie, Amy's sister, for providing the idea for our bracket racket where we failed to decide on the <laughs> second best donut. If you've got any feedback for the show, you want to hear, um, you, you have any suggestions for uh, some Bracket Racket or uh, any feedback or, or corrections, uh, let us know at thesecondbestshow.com. Tell your friends. Tell all of your friends. Every single one. Free us from this curse and tell your friends. Second round. Bobby, what is our theme for the second round? Theme for the second round is originality. You got a fresh take on your time travel? Well, then you just might win round two. Love it. What is our first matchup? First matchup. Winners of round one, Looper versus Predestination. Uh, Sam, you said earlier the whole uh, conceit of the... Um, the reluctant hitman, yes. The reluctant hitman, thank you. Um concept of it is kind of been done over and over again but it was this is kind of a new spin on it this is a spin on an established trope and those uh spins can produce some pretty cool stuff um some pretty cool things i think looper uh was original on that side of things um on the time travel element um killing uh, bringing yourself back to kill yourself it's kind of a cool thing but i don't think that they actually did as much as they could have with that concept. I think at the end of the day, it's an action movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's an action movie, but yeah, but it's unfortunate because mechanics of the time traveling and how it's used and how accessible it is and the scale of the problems it's causing in this world, I think is fascinating, but it doesn't get explored that much. It's about that like core story about this, this person um, and his future pain which is um mm -hmm. 
Is there a better movie out there of this? A better version of this? Uh, I was going to say, it sounds like it's called Predestination. I think originality, I mean, Predestination kind of takes it for me. Dreamy Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Looper loops back into round one and shoots itself <laughs> in the heart. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Next up, originality, 12 Monkeys versus Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So, all right, these movies obviously could not be any more different. However, they're both very original, I would say. Terry Gilliam, uh, he's got a style that is very distinct to him, uh, distinct only to him, but it's a very original style. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I liked it. Uh, I like the concept, but it does feel a little bit like guy goes back in time to fix time and then either doesn't fix time or fixes time. Hmm. It was more like a thriller about time travel done well, but there was nothing original about like the time travel components of it. Um, yep. Right. Um Good point. Where Bill and Ted was like, I mean, it, we talk about how crazy it was, right? But it was original, right? You've got, I mean, we, yeah, we talked about how crazy stupid and, and the, the scope of it is small and big at the same time. The stakes are tiny and huge at the same It's just a weird thing. It just feels more mm-hmm. random and, and random to me feels more original. And so for me, I'm leaning toward Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think it's more like Bill and Ted definitely end up being like more um, like iconic and um, even in like its visuals and how that stuff is represented. And yeah, so I, th- I think it sounds like Bill and Ted. Take it. Bill and Ted. Final round. Final round. Final countdown. As always, the finals. We do not have a theme. It's a heads up matchup between... <laughs> this matchup <laughs> the heads up matchup between predestination and bill and ted's excellent adventure i'm gonna make this very easy for you guys bill and ted's excellent adventure is a cultural even if you don't even if you haven't seen the movie even if you don't if you, if you haven't seen the movie in a thousand years uh everybody knows bill and ted it's it's a great movie it's fun um yeah all right. Um, okay. So here's the thing that predestination does does great. Um, it's a good suspense movie, um, regardless of any sort of time travel or um, uh, any of like the sci-fi fantasy stuff. Excellent acting, excellent cast, um, really well executed. I don't think like the the twists are like you don't see them coming, but you know, like Ori said, like these are not like the twist isn't the point, like it's not sixth sense. Um and uh Ethan Hawk. He's a babe. Uh, that is a strong point. But Napoleon goes to Raging Waters. <laughs> <laughs> Predestination. <laughs> the script is is brilliant. Um, it, uh, it doesn't talk down to you if you're a fan of sci-fi, um, that is also kind of mixed with like noir. Um, this movie is all about that. Um, the atmosphere in it is, uh, is, is very much so, 
um, that style. Um, they travel through many different times. They use time travel many times throughout the movie. It's not just in the beginning, not just at the end. You know, um, it's not gimmicky. Um, and it also feels inclusive in terms of um, some like t- the type of representation that you don't you don't really see that much on in entertainment. You know, um, um, is it color of night but with time travel? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Um, and it feels satisfying at the end. Um, it is a little bit of a of a of a heavy movie, but um, it doesn't feel long. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a movie where you see it and then you kind of want to go and tell everyone to watch it. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, those are that's my pitch for the movie. I think it's a better movie than Bill and Ted, and this is a head to head, and this is the second best uh, time travel movie. And as a time travel movie, I think it's a lot of it's a cool way to use time travel um, to tell a story about a person who lives many many different versions of their life. My my argument boils down to, but it's Bill and Ted. Yeah. And the strong argument. So here's the thing. I'm going to pick Predestination because it sounds like a movie I want to watch and it sounds like a movie that more people should see. Well, you guys suck and I disagree, but them's the ropes. It's a numbers game. Predestination is your official second best time travel movie. Yeah! (laughs) Because Bill and Ted is still Bill and Ted. It'll always be Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted doesn't need your, your... Well, I just need your fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I think we should go back in time and discuss our lockouts. All right. So we've only got one lockout, right? It's Back to the Future. That's the the Alpha and Omega. That's that like that. That is the time travel movie. It's Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Yeah. 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 It's the, it is, it's still, I think, the quintessential mm-hmm. time travel movie. Or you want to spoil that one, too? Uh, Marty McFly bones his mom. <laughs> um, which, one do, which is your favorite Back to the Future movie? A, a, for me, it goes one. It goes one, two, three. It goes... Two one three for me. I'm with you, Bobby. I'm, I'm uh, with you. But I think I am a three apologist because I love three. Even it's probably probably the worst out of the three, but still fun. That number three is a movie where you know how we were talking about some movies mm-hmm. in which uh, you know time travel is like the the like the bookends, um, and in the middle is just a movie. That is good and has characters going through things. But if you took out the time travel element, like it could probably still work in, in some, you know, rewritten version. And I feel like number three maybe falls into that a little bit, which is it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's uh, an it's an interesting take on on the Back to the Future movie uh, genre. Mm-hmm. Right. Right where the first two are like they're going back, right? They're going back and forth. They're, it's all about yeah. like time, mm-hmm. time, time. Uh, and the third one is just like they go back. He's there, and then he's like, okay, Doc Brown is learning things. He's learning things, you know. And then at the end, they leave or he leaves, right? So. Yeah, 
Uh, the reason it goes one, two, three for me is because the second and third ones uh, are increasingly strained to integrate the same characters. And and um, by the time three comes around, it's really like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to get Biff into this into this movie? Yeah, I think, too, I think just because of, I don't know, all the future visuals and the stuff. Oh, yeah. Like so much like iconic stuff that like never like we're still aspiring to, right? Like we're still aspiring to shoes that lace themselves, right? And like hoverboards are still a thing. <laughs> Even like they explode now, but we're getting closer. You know what I mean? Like there's still some like there's also some like some, you know, some weird ass late stage capitalism shit which they kind of nailed, you yeah. know what I mean? Like um the pervasiveness of like advertising and and it also it informs the first movie. Right, he like starts showing up in the background of the first movie and shit uh, like that, and like, mm-hmm. and that's I think the first time they did they did something like that in film. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, yeah. That's our show for today. If you think that we missed something obvious and you want to travel back in time to let us know before we start the bracket, let us know at the secondbestshow.com where you can find links to past episodes, past full episodes, past brackets, notes on shows, and links to subscribe, rate, and review. And we will see you next week. See you in the future. Later. This episode is brought to you by Dessert, the only dessert resort. Please ignore the reviews. There are no ants. Sometimes there's ants. That's just natural ants are everywhere. They're part of our natural ecosystem. But they're not in your room at Dessert. Regardless of what you read on Yelp or TripAdvisor, book your dessert vacation today. Use coupon code NOANTS <laughs> for 15% off the checkout.